So as I said, I want to start by revisiting uh, the concept of our fruit coming in seed form. Uh, Mark mentioned last week uh, that, that all of the fruits of the Spirit are implanted within us at salvation, but we've got to nurture them. That's just the, that's just the beginning. Um, we, we've got to continue to nurture them to see that fruit grow. And so I kind of wanted to take a look at how we go about doing that. And I see that it's kind of similar to any seed that would grow, uh, even in the natural, uh, like an apple seed. So an apple seed starts off as a seed, and eventually, if all the conditions are right, it grows into an apple tree, right? So it, in Genesis 1.11, it says, Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them, and it was so. So we know that an apple seed can't produce an orange tree. It has to, to produce of its own kind. And I only say this to make the point that God planted these seeds within us. If you're a believer, they're there. And the seed that he used was the Holy Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the seeds are there. And if we nurture them, they will grow. And we'll be like a Holy Spirit tree. And those fruits will be on display in our lives. But don't be discouraged if you don't see all that fruit in your life right now. You just have to know that they're there. So what do we need to, to continue to nurture that fruit? So like an apple seed, it needs to be planted in good soil. Mark 4, 3 through 8 uh, says this, Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew and produced a, cr a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. So the soils in this passage depict four different states of the heart in which the word of God can be received and responded to. We have to receive the seed and allow God to plant it deep within us so that it's well-rooted and it can grow. The seed that fell on the footpath landed on hard ground and wasn't able to get into the soil. This is when we hear the word of God, but maybe we choose to ignore it. The seed becomes worthless for producing fruit in our lives as we don't accept it and let it take root and grow. At that point, it just becomes bird feed, and it loses any opportunity to produce fruit. I see this as a hardened heart. We're talking about heart conditions. One that rejects God, doesn't see a need for a Savior, thinks their way is better. Many other examples. And this may sound like a non-believer at first, but we as believers can have a hardened heart condition as well. We're not immune from that. If we ignore the Word, if we think our way is better, if we ignore the leading of the Spirit and the truth of His Word, we're, we're no different. We've got hardened hearts. So we've got to be aware of that. We're not immune to it. The seed that fell on shallow soil with underlying rocks 
the, the, the seed sprouts, but it dies out at the first sign of distress. In this case, we hear the word, we understand it, but we don't allow it to change our hearts. So we can hear the word, but not let it penetrate us and, and change our heart. And when we do that, as a result, it falters at the first sign of trial or distress. Anytime a situation or life gets a little hot, it just wilts away. And it has no roots to sustain it or endure any kind of hardship, dry spells, whatever the case may be. Without deep roots, it just can't survive. This is what I'm calling kind of a shallow heart condition. One that is maybe only kind to those that are kind to them. Jesus has called us to be kind to everyone. One who's maybe only joyful when things are good. He calls us to be joyful all the time. One whose fruit proves to be rotten when it's squeezed, when it's put under pressure. The seed that fell among the thorns, it takes root, and perhaps it's well-rooted and growing initially. But then we allow the things of the world to, to get in there and take our time and our attention away from God. <clears throat> the thorns end up fed more than the seed is fed, and eventually it becomes malnourished and is overtaken by the thorns. This is an uncommitted heart, one that puts its own desires above God's. One that's easily distracted and drawn away. One that succumbs to the desires of the flesh regularly. Now, we all stumble. But if we're constantly stumbling, it's not a good place to be. Then there's the seed in the good soil. This is when we hear the word, we understand the word, we receive it, and we allow it to change our hearts. We continually walk out our faith, ever more hungry for the things of God. This seed prospers and grows and yields a crop far greater than what was planted. And this is an open heart, one that hungers for God, one that seeks God over self, one whose fruit is plentiful and hearty. So one thing that I think we need to take note of here is in all of these situations and all of these soils, the sower and the seed are exactly the same. The sower doesn't change what he's doing. He just sows. He doesn't change the seed. Well, I need to, that soil needs this seed. It's the same seed. It's the same soil. The yield of the crop is dependent upon the condition of the soil, not the seed or the sower. The state of our heart can change. We have to remain open-hearted and hungry. But we need to be intentional about our heart condition. And that's the good news to some degree, is that it can change. The hard soil can be tilled up or it can be stamped down. The shallow soil with rocks can have the rocks picked out and removed to improve the condition of the soil or it can have rocks tossed in. The soil full of thorns can be weeded or it can be overrun. And the good soil can remain good if it's tended to. But we've got to be intentional about that. 
There's so many things in this life that distract us and take our eyes off of Christ. And we let the rocks get in and the, and the thorns get in and the weeds get in. And before you know it, you're not very fruitful. An open heart to the Lord is the foundation for the fruit that he wants to develop in our lives. So we've got to be intentional about keeping our hearts right and open to the God. <clears throat> so like an apple seed, uh, it, it needs to be fed and watered as well, this fruit that we're trying to grow. So in Psalms 1, 2, and 3, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. So we get the, we get the good soil going on. We're receptive. Check that off the list. But now we've got to feed it. We've got to spend time with the Lord, and we've got to feed on his word. We have to be firmly planted by the streams of God's living water. Now, we can come to church every week and be fed, which is great. But that's not enough. We have to feed ourselves as well. Imagine if we only ate once a week. I think we'd all be walking around pretty hangry, right? If you don't know what hangry is, just hang out with me a little while when I haven't eaten for a bit. (laughs) You'll see it on display, unfortunately. Apparently... I get a bit angry and unpleasant to be around. And my wife's found a real nice way to present this. She simply now just says, we need to eat. That's kind of our secret code for you're being a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the point is, we have to feed ourselves to stay happy and healthy and to continue to develop that fruit. We can't go weeks and days without a meal, without feeding on the Lord's word, uh, so that that fruit that he's planted within us can grow. He's our source, and he wants to sustain us. So let's not go running around on empty, being hangry and unpleasant. So as the seed grows, if if it's in the good soil and it's been fed, it needs to be pruned. In John 15, 2 through 5, it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. There we go. <clears throat> so we have to allow God to, pr- uh, to prune us, and we have to stay rooted in Him. He's our source of life. If there are dead branches in our lives, we have to allow the Lord to cut those things away. <clears throat> he does this so that we can be fruitful. When weeds get into the garden, it will choke out the crops. It will hinder or prevent growth and ruin the harvest. This is why we remove them and why God does the same in us. 
it can be a bit scary, I know. Mark actually shared a, a little story with us uh, at our last refresh meeting, and uh, it, was, it was pretty comical, but he was out back pruning one of his trees in the back, and he just continued to pull away all the dead stuff, and he kept pulling, and he'd get more and more dead stuff, and he'd chop, and he'd hack, and more dead stuff kept coming, and all the while, the, the bush kept getting just smaller and smaller and smaller, and it was making him a little nervous. And, uh, you know, he thought he was going to kill it. But he didn't. When he was done, the plant was much smaller, but it was alive. All the dead junk was gone. It may have been big before, but it was big and dead. It doesn't do any good to, to, to be big for the Lord if you're, if you're dead. <clears throat> it wasn't healthy. So now, albeit small, it's healthy and it's going to continue to grow. So we have to allow the Lord to do that to us too. If we've got dead branches and weeds in the garden and the soil's just mucked up, we've got to let him you know, prune us and cut away the bad things so that we can be fruitful and grow stronger. So if all these needs are met, good soil, it's fed and watered, care and pruning, then the tree will be healthy, grow and produce its fruit. So we've been talking about nurturing the seeds to grow them into the fruit. So now I want to talk a little bit about the fruit itself. And I want to talk about the first uh, of the fruits listed in Galatians 5, which is love. It's listed first, and I I don't think that's just a coincidence. Um, All of the fruit of the Spirit are important and needed, but they all flow from love. Have you ever tried to be patient with somebody if you're lacking love for them? It doesn't really go so well. tech person has disappeared. Um, so I just think of, uh, you know, when my kids are, are acting up and I'm, I'm having to deal with that. You know, I put my hand on my son's shoulder and I love you, buddy, but I don't love your actions right now. So, you know, we need to fix that. Let's be nice or whatever the case may be. But without love, gentleness can go right out the window and you end up with this. <laughs> Now, this is just a joke. I've never choked my son, nor would I ever. But you get the point. What about trying to be faithful? Faithfulness is one of the fruits of the Spirit, but what if we try to be faithful without love? Faithfulness without love is driven by obligation. And obligation will only take you so far. In John 10, 12-15, it says, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. So the difference between the hired hand and the shepherd is love. The shepherd loves the sheep. The hired hand will watch out for the sheep for the most part. But when the wolf comes, they bail out. They don't love the sheep. They just get paid to tend to them. So they're doing it out of obligation for a paycheck. But the shepherd loves the sheep and he'll lay down his life for them. The difference there, guys, is love. Faithfulness and love can be endless. 
But faithfulness out of obligation only goes so far and it's just a recipe for burnout. Love is key. And all of the other fruit flow from love. It's vital to our health and our ability to produce the fruit that God desires to produce in us. We have to love, but we also have to be loved. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3, it says this, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. And I love how this is translated in the Message Bible as well. So I want to share that with you also. In, in the message it says, If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love is vital. Without love, we are bankrupt. We profit nothing. We've got nothing to offer. We're just an annoying sound, a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal, a creaky gate. Or if that doesn't work for you, nails on a chalkboard. That's what gets to me. Without love, we're useless for, for God, useless to God for His work. Not useless to God, but useless to God for His work. His work requires that people will hear us out, that they want to be around us, and that we they recognize that, that we're different, that we belong to Him. No one wants to get close to us if we're a constant unpleasant sound. And if no one will get close to us, we can't share God with them. We can't point him to Jesus. The word says that we'll be known by our fruit and for our love for one another. In Matthew 7, 16 and 17, it says this. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from, from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. And in John 13:35 it says by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We must have love. We've got to have love. We've got to have love for God and we've got to have love for others. For those of you that have been through our leadership training, I'm sure you remember that it's the one of the first topics that we cover the shepherd's heart. We've got to have the shepherd's heart. The shepherd loves the sheep and is willing to lay down his life for them. So we have to have that same love to be able to be effective and, and minister to people. Without love, we don't have any ministry. There's no opportunity for ministry. 
And that's a part of all of our calling. To share the good news and to minister to others. All of the other fruit flows from love. And without the fruit, the gifts of the Spirit that we're going to speak about later in the series are somewhat useless. They are gifts, and God gives them as He wills. But like all gifts, they have to be received to be of use. And when I'm talking about receiving, I'm not talking about us receiving God's gifts, but those that the gifts are being used for to receive them. In 1 Corinthians 12.7, it says, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So God gives us those gifts to be used for the common good. But what good are any of the spiritual gifts if they're not received by the one given to them? Remember, God doesn't give these gifts to us for our benefit, but for the benefit of others, for the common good. So, will anyone receive a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy, if it's not delivered with love, if it's not delivered with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness, with goodness, with faithfulness, with gentleness, and with self-control? I wouldn't. If someone told me that they had a word of prophecy for me and they delivered it in a a very unloving, non-gentle, unkind way, it's going to be really hard to receive. But it all starts with love. All the fruit are are important, but it starts there. Brian, if you could come up. So we need the fruit. We need the fruit to be effective for the work of the Lord. We have to love, and we have to be loved. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-8 says, Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they'll be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it'll be done away. But love never fails. Love never fails. God's love for us never fails. In that passage, it says that love is patient and kind. With love alone, with the fruit of love alone, you've got three of the nine fruit right there. Love itself is patient and kind. We must be healthy to produce fruit. We've got to nurture the fruit for it to grow. The seeds have to be in good soil, watered and fed, pruned and cared for, and we have to love and be loved. But we can't operate in the fullness of the fruit of love if we don't know what it is to be loved. Without God placing His love within us, we, we just don't have a capacity to love. 
And God wants us to know the fullness of His love for us tonight. In Ephesians 3, 14-19, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with, strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all fullness of God. He wants us to be rooted and grounded in love and operate from that place. He wants us to know the breadth and depth of his love and to be filled to all fullness. We have to know, we have to know his love to be able to love others. So if you're sitting there now and you're thinking, in my mind, I know that he loves me. It says so in his word. But I don't know that in my heart. I don't feel God's love. Or maybe you're thinking, He can't love me. I'm a mess. I've messed up too many times. I've done too many bad things, whatever the case may be. That's just a lie from the enemy, first of all. But if you feel that way, if you... If you feel like you know in your, in your mind that He loves you, but you've never felt that in your heart, you need to know that you are loved, friends. God's love is, is unconditional. He loves us on our best day, on our worst day, and in every day in between. Like the sower and the seed, God's love is constant. It doesn't change. He's not withheld it from us. We just have to receive it. So if you don't think that you've ever truly felt God's love for you, He wants to heal that place in your heart. Because if you don't feel God's love for you, I, I guarantee you there's a wound there. 